The following podcast has coarse language, sensitive subjects, and might make you question the universe. Listener discretion is advised. When I was a little girl, I had a reoccurring dream. Well, more like a nightmare. In real time, we were a family of five living in a three-bedroom apartment on the seventh floor. I shared a bedroom with my little sister, so my bed was pushed up against a wall situated underneath a window. I could safely sit up in bed, look to my right, and my view was nothing but rooftops that cascaded into open space and dissipated into darkness. So in my dream, I would do just that. I'd find myself sitting up in bed, looking out the window, across rooftops into darkness. But before the darkness began, there would be a figure floating in space. It would be still at first as I stared at it, but then all of a sudden would start darting towards my window, gaining speed the closer it got. My heart would pound through my chest. My breathing was so rapid, I felt like I was being strangled by fear. And the closer it got, I still couldn't see its face, just how fast it was coming towards me. And just before it hit the window, I'd wake up. I'd find myself safe in my bed, just staring at my ceiling. This dream occurred over and over again throughout my childhood. I'd sit up in bed, gaze over rooftops, to a dark figure in the distance that would start racing towards my window. So much so that it became a lucid dream, which means I knew I was dreaming while I was dreaming. And even though I was so scared with the impending doom of this dark figure racing towards me, I would try and stay asleep. I just wanted to see what would happen once it reached my window. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. episode of Geist, The Lady in the Attic, we met Bailey, and while interviewing Bailey, she shared a secret with me. She dreams. Well, not everyday dreams, the kind of dreams that spill into everyday life and bring unexpected messages with them. I would say um, that I've been dreaming for as far back as that I can remember, and I want to say that's probably like the ages of like five, six, seven. There's a dream that was mentioned by my mom to me that in the years after her mom died, that I would wake up in the morning and say that grandma came to visit me and she took me flying. She took me flying. And I would just be like so excited, like not fearful at all, just like like chilling. Grandma came to my window and visited me and took me flying. I must have been talking about dreams a lot growing up. I would wake up probably every morning and like go downstairs and like, 
commiserate about all these dreams that I just had, whether they were like good or frustrating or whatever, and wanted to kind of decipher what they meant. My mom had got me a dream dictionary and I had it for many years. It was so thick. It was thick and every morning I'd wake up and I would like stay in my bedroom before I forgot the dream and I would maybe write it down or maybe just like pick out some of the really, you know, memorable bits and go through the dream dictionary and try to try to decipher it. But I feel like it's that helped me build a skill and now I don't really need a dream dictionary. It's more intuitive now. As Bailey got older, she knew what she was in for when her dreams would develop specific themes. So I have common themes in my dreams that kind of help me recognize maybe the message or what's happening. So a few of those would be sand hills and or like clay hills that I can't quite grasp onto as I'm trying to climb up or like your footing, you keep sinking or you just can't keep going up. So that would definitely be one of them. And particularly orange sand hills, I'm not sure why. I think that it represented a lot of my underlying anxieties that kind of like came out a little bit later in my teenage years. Another common theme would be standing in ankle deep water. Uh, this has occurred in two dreams that feel very uh, prominent in my memory and in my heart. And another common theme would be this semicircle. So I've had a few dreams where people have come to me who have died um, and they're standing and then there's a bunch of us. And when I say us, I don't know who else is there, but it's like a bunch of people, including myself, sitting in a semicircle, sitting down, listening to the person who has passed, who's standing up, almost as if they're like a teacher. And Bailey started realizing maybe these aren't just dreams. The very first dream that fully came true um, was in the uh, first year after I finished hair school. I was really into hair competitions. And um, these are kind of competitions are where you would like showcase your work. They would be really avant-garde and editorial. And I had entered this competition in Toronto. And this was a big deal because I had lived in a small town, Perth, at the time. I had had a dream that I was standing in this beautiful, massive square pool. And it was about like ankle deep, like calf height in water. And um, all of a sudden the pool started to shift on an angle and it turned into this big wave. And all of a sudden this wave is sitting on someone's head. And then I woke up and I went, oh my God, that's the shape that I have to do. So that's the shape that I have to do, I have to do this. And um, I wrote it down. I made sure to make like a couple rough drawings. I'm, I'm not much of a drawer, but you know, I made a couple light sketches and that was my look. And I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to win. So I went to the hair competition with my, like my, my model, my girl, and we had fully like executed this crazy wave, like bouffant thing. And I crushed it. I came in first place. And that moment that I won, it was like all of these molecules of intuition just like sparked and it was like, boom, that was it. You have to listen to this for the rest of your life. Like you knew it, you knew it, totally. But then her dreams shifted from a message of guidance to a message from those who have passed. Um, so I went to hair school in London, Ontario and I became really close with my hair teacher. Her name was Mrs. C. And from when I met her, um, she was diagnosed with cancer and she was quite sick during the time she was my teacher. And um, she had to take some time off. She was really unwell at one point. So I had this dream 
around, I knew it was around 11 p.m. because I had woken up after I had it. So in the dream, Mrs. C is standing, talking to a group of us that are sitting in a semicircle. Um, so in this particular dream, she's explaining to us that she has died. But she doesn't sound scared and she doesn't sound sad. It's kind of matter of fact and almost like maybe a little bit light. It doesn't feel heavy. I was really close with Mrs. C. So when I woke up from this dream, I looked at the clock. It was around 11.30 and I was like, oh my God, that was fucking awful. Like, well, that was awful. Just kind of like shake it off, right? I go to school the next morning and, you know, regular time and I don't see anybody. I was like, where the hell is everybody? So I'm walking downstairs into what is like the cafeteria area. And at the time I'm walking down the stairs, everybody's walking up the stairs like I had missed a meeting or something. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And I look at my other teacher who I had and she said, Mrs. C died last night. It was around 11.30 PM. At that moment, it was complete prickly icicles from the top of my head to the tip of my toes, like a wave that just completely like engulfed me. And I thought like I was, I felt like I was like dizzy almost and like living in this weird parallel universe for a moment. And I had to go outside and like hold my head being like, I really had that dream. I had that dream. That was not a fake thing. I thought she told me she died and now she's, she has died and she died around the time that I had the dream. It was just like, are you fucking serious right now? And through her dreams, Bailey continued to be a messenger. And another dream that felt like a visitation from someone who had died from my hometown um, under suspicious circumstances. This young man I wasn't super close with, but he was friends with my friends. So it's kind of like a degree or two of separation. And he died tragically by getting hit by a train. And it was undecided. I, I mean, I, I want to be respectful because I, I don't know the family and I don't want to get into too much detail, but essentially he was killed by a train and it was unknown whether it was suicide or accident. I had a dream where he was standing up, holding a beer, very like nonchalant and like <laughs> and light at first. And there's a group of us sitting in a semicircle, uh, sitting, listening, like we're children. And he says, it was an accident. I didn't mean to. And then I woke up and that was it. I mean, this kind of almost ties in with like the the presence that I felt like kind of in the last episode about ghosts and spirits. Um, but at that time, after I had the dream, I woke up and I had texted this local woman who I became close with. She was a medium. And um, I said, like, I just really need to talk to you. And then my bedroom door was open and I felt the presence standing at the door um, looking in. So, uh, I mean, I really want it to be true. I just, I second guess that sometimes, but I, I feel like he was there visiting me, like validating that. My boyfriend at the time, um, I, I can't remember if he went to the funeral or his parents went to the funeral. And I felt like maybe I should have gone. And if it might've been appropriate for me to tell his parents what I had dreamt, but I was so young, I was like 19. And if someone had dreamt about my son who had died, I would want to know. Even, you know, it just feels like 
it just feels like everyone stops thinking about them except you. And it would be like a nice little thing if someone had a thought about them and wanted to share that. So even even looking like in hindsight, I, I don't think I would have shared that that spark of intuition at the time. Um, and I didn't tell anybody. I keep so many of these things private. There's no one to tell. Then Bailey received one of the most incredible messages of her life, one that brought her peace and closure to one of the hardest times that she's ever had, from her rescue dog, Elmo. Pardon me, it's like just so emotional. One of the most monumental dreams I've ever had was about a dog of mine that had died really tragically. I had adopted her about four years prior and she was literally a soulmate. Like, there was this instant bond. The second we saw her, we knew she was ours. And we taught her how to play and how to feel love and how to trust. And it was so, so special. And I will always hold it so special to my heart. She had gotten out, someone was dog sitting her and um, they left their front door open and she got out and she went missing near a forest. And where she went missing, there was known to be a family of coyotes and everyone's dogs were going missing around that area. So we could suspect what had happened, but we never found her. So in this particular dream, I'm at my family cottage in the Kawartha Lakes. Um, it's a beautiful sunny day. There's sparkling on the lake water and I'm standing like ankle deep in this beautiful sandy beach in the lake. And I look up and to my left, Elmo comes trotting out of the woods as if she's just gone on an adventure, confident and happy and like light. And I look down to my feet and all of a sudden she's there. Like it was just like, boom, bam, she's at your feet. And she looks up at me and I look down at her and her eyes meet. And like at that moment, I knew that she was gone and there was no more fear. It was just love. And that was it. And that's how I knew she was gone. I woke up and felt, it felt beautiful. It felt truly like a visitation. It was light and, and so loving, so much love. Like if you could put love into what love looks like, that's what it would look like to me. Once Spirit recognized that Bailey was a vessel for communication, they continued to come forward. My best friend Kayla growing up, um, her father passed away uh, really quickly from cancer. It was about three months from diagnosis to death, and it was so hard, as you can imagine, on the entire family. So I, the dream is, it was very quick and efficient. <laughs> so in the dream, I'm standing in my, my driveway of my childhood home, and her dad pulls up in our, our van, our family van. And he gets out and he says, I have a message for you to give to Kayla. I want you to tell her that I love her and I am safe. And that was it. So I did have the opportunity to tell my friend when she came over shortly after that. And she just said, thank you so much for sharing that. And we just cried together and that was kind of it. Spirits continued to use Bailey and her dreams to let their loved ones know that they were okay. But um, about two years ago, one of my sister-in-law, she lost her father 
again, unfortunately, through cancer, it was very, very quick. And I had a dream about him. And in the dream, we are in a lush forest. And it kind of looks like those hobbit houses that are built into the side of a hill. And there's lush grass on the top and there's beautiful bushes and there's this gorgeous wooden door. And inside this gorgeous cottage is his office. But it looks like an antique home and it's full of everything he loves. And it just felt like a message to share with my sister-in-law, Jessica, um, to let her know that I had dreamt of her father and that it was his office and he was happy and content and it was beautiful. And uh, when I told her this, she, she was so grateful that I shared that. And she said he absolutely loved gardening and he also was very passionate about his work. So it doesn't surprise me that you dreamt of him doing what he loved in a forest, you know, in a garden surrounded by plants and flowers. After receiving all of these messages, Bailey had another dream of guidance, but it wasn't for her. It was for her mother-in-law, who needed help. I had a dream with about my mother-in-law, who is still alive. She's very well. She's very happy. Um, but this dream was regarding ayahuasca. Ayahuasca was a drink used for spiritual and religious purposes by the ancient Amazonian tribes, and is still used as a sacred beverage by some religious communities in Brazil and in North America. The drink is made up of vines and leaves that I can't pronounce and has hallucinogenic properties. When consumed, it can lead to an altered state of consciousness that can include out-of-body experiences and euphoria. It's used to offer guidance in challenging life situations. It also sounds kind of fun. So I've always been really interested in plant medicine, and so has she. And over the last few years, she has had her own medical battles with breast cancer. And um, I had had a dream that I was in like a black infinite box filled with stars. And, you know, Mother Vine Ayahuasca was, she was the dream and there were vines swirling all around us. And in the dream, my mother-in-law was being touched by a shaman on her forehead and then on her chest. And in the dream, the shaman said like, yes, this is cancer. But what the dream more felt like was that she needed to go towards plant medicine for part of her healing. So after like when I woke up and I told my mother-in-law this dream that, you know, we had both done ayahuasca you know, fast forward three months and she's at a four day ayahuasca retreat and she has had these incredible revelations about her childhood and her life and of what God is to her and how we're all connected. So that was an interesting dream that I thought I would mention, but it wasn't necessarily a visitation from someone who'd passed. It was more like an intuition, like to push someone to go towards the thing that may, may help them heal physically, spiritually, emotionally. I had a dream the night of the Humboldt team crash, the one that happened out west, that my best friend Kayla had died. And um, in the dream, I got a call that she had died and I was so completely gutted and heartbroken. 
and grieving. I remember screaming and I woke up and I rolled over and I went, babe, I just had a dream that Kayla died. And as I said that, I burst into tears. And then I roll over and check the news and there was this horrific, horrific accident that happened to this team of young adults. And, you know, maybe it could have been a spark of collective grief that I was feeling and had like a little message, but I just had so much compassion and empathy. Um, because mine was just a dream. It didn't come true, right? I still dream almost nightly <laughs> and I'll wake up in the morning and roll over and tell my husband this like, either like wild dream I just had or like this very memorable dream. Sometimes they're really sad. I do sleep very well. I go to bed early and I'm knocked out the whole night, um, but when there is something going on in my life, whether it's my own personal trials or someone very close to me or it's global, there is maybe a little sense of like, okay, what's it going to be tonight? It gets a little exhausting like sometimes because I do tend to like carry it with me for at least a couple hours in the morning until I process it. I usually feel pretty good about it. I like to sleep. I like to dream. Not everything about the unknown is scary. It can be helpful. It can be love. It can be closure. And it's something that Bailey considers a gift. I think it makes me feel grounded. Um, it definitely makes me feel a little bit scared, but I also feel just extremely fortunate that I get to maybe see in this little secret world that I'm not sure many others get to see into. It's like a little superpower that you get to peek into this other universe and maybe translate things that are happening in your life or, you know, challenges you're going through. And I'm not sure. I feel like I'm rambling, but what did you even ask me? Life is so mysterious and shit. <laughs> I think that's great. Perfect. I think that's a great ending. Perfect. <laughs> so tomorrow morning, don't forget to write down what you dreamt about. Maybe get yourself a dream journal. Because you never know. Maybe one time, one of those dreams will come true. If you have a story you've been hiding, submit it to us at geistpodcast.com. Geist is written and directed by me, Daniel Matar. Original score and sounds by Bo Jensen. Geist web artwork is by Jake Carruthers. Special thanks goes to Bailey Foster and Chad Burton. Follow us on Instagram at geist underscore podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and rate Geist on Apple Podcasts. It keeps us in the charts and makes it easier for people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. Sleep tight.